Now, if a couple comes and they're needing help and they have all kinds of issues and problems and maybe it's about communication or this or that, you can be absolutely sure that behind all of that, the issue is sexuality. As long as we're not having a fulfilled sexual experience, then we get into mess in relating. Welcome to the Feminine Way podcast. My name is Dika and I'm a Tantra teacher. I'm on a mission to make Tantra and Tantric wisdom modern and down to earth. And I support and work with feminine leaders and entrepreneurs to use this wisdom in their daily lives, relationships, and businesses to activate more love, intimacy, and pleasure. In this episode, I have a very inspiring and insightful conversation with Ma Ananda Sarita, world-renowned Tantra teacher who created the Soulmate Training and who has been working with couples for over 25 years. So safe to say that she's seen it all, which is why I asked her to share the three most common relationship struggles she sees couples have and a tantric solution to these relationship challenges. This episode is truly packed with a lot of value, so grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. So welcome to a new podcast episode. And today, as you can see, we have a very mm -hmm. special guest, Ma Ananda Sarita, who is an amazing Tantra teacher, world-renowned. And how long have you been teaching for? Since 1990. 1990, wow. So that's over 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> and how long have you been teaching couples specifically? Since 98. 98, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. And so in this episode, what I would like to talk about, I'm going to ask Sarita some beautiful questions specifically around the three most common struggles and challenges that mm. couples face or that she, because she's been, as I, as she just mentioned, working since 98 with couples. So mm. she's seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll be diving into the three most common challenges and things that she sees couples bumping into and the tantric solution to those challenges. But my first question is, could you give a little bit of a, a background story of how you found out about Tantra? I found out about Tantra by being a disciple of Osho. I came to him in 1973 when I was just 17 years old. And my whole spiritual path has been shaped by his teachings. And he was teaching me Tantra meditations to do on my own, but also he was giving me incredible, beautiful insights and processes and meditations to do in the couple. Mm. He was literally guiding my relationship step by step. Mm. And of course, this was an incredibly profound experience, one that changed me forever on every level from sex to super consciousness. Wow, yeah. beautiful. Um, and this word Tantra is like a big one. You hear it more and more popping up. And I also know there's a lot of confusion around it. So a lot of people think it has to do with polyamory or orgies or mm. only, yeah, the one thing it focuses on is sex. Could you explain a little bit very, br br uh, very briefly what Tantra is mm. all about? Basically, Tantra is a path to enlightenment. And it is utilizing methods of meditation that are opening portal into expanded consciousness through all that the human being is. So that could be your senses, maybe your emotions, 
kundalini energy, chakra system, expanded states of consciousness. So literally all the different aspects of the human being can be used as a portal into meditation. Mm. And so Tantra has literally hundreds of different methods of meditation that can be applied to every single life experience. Amazing. And um, then specifically around the couple's work and the soulmate training, mm -hmm. how, how did that come into life? Like how did you create the soulmate training? The thing is that I've been in relationship most of my life whether that would be uh, I, I was married for some time and then I had different partners, usually long-term relationships. And as I was living in Osho's community, a milieu dedicated to meditation, it was very natural to apply meditation into love and relationship mm. and to find out how to become enlightened through relationship. And I think this is actually the way of the future because it doesn't really work to escape from the world and go live in a cave in the Himalayas that, you know, most people, they can't do that. And also, I find it a very lopsided approach. So I think the new sadhana for people is to get enlightened in the world and in relationship. And that takes true courage, true courage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we're kind of like entering into... Okay, being in relationship, that mm -hmm. often brings up a lot of challenges. But what would you say are the top three struggles that you see couples bump into? Well, I would say the number one is sexuality mm -hmm. because this is not taught in school. There's no education around it. People are just launched into life after they've gone through their education, after puberty, and they launched into the world of relating and they have no, uh, no clue how to go about it. The sex education is, is really pitifully inadequate, really inadequate. So the only recourse people have is watching porn, trying to learn something or other from that, which is also an erroneous education about sexuality because it takes no account of the feminine, what the feminine needs and it's even misleading for the masculine. Mm. So people are just struggling. They have no idea. You know, there's a saying in Tantra that Tantra in the couple is the fastest path to enlightenment, and yet it's like walking on the razor's edge. Mm. Why is it like walking on the razor's edge? Because the moment we go into anything to do with sexuality, a lot of emotional baggage comes with it incomplete issues, traumas, all kind of desires, confusions. So all this comes up to the surface, then we don't know how to deal with it. We can easily fall into a downward spiral around that. Now, if a couple comes and they're needing help and they have all kinds of issues and problems and maybe it's about communication or this or that, you can be absolutely sure that behind all of that, the issue is sexuality. As long as we're not having a fulfilled sexual experience, then we get into mess in relating. Mm. So we need to address that first and foremost. Mm. And we also need to address the subject of emotions. And this is a very big subject. <laughs> and it's one that um, uh, because of Osho's influence and his wisdom, I'm able to really support people through this whole quagmire of 
emotions mm. and it's a really delicate journey. Basically, emotions are like weather. You can think of the weather patterns, sometimes rain, then you might have mm. sun, wind, etc. This keeps a dynamic balance in the outer environment. If we want to keep a dynamic balance within ourselves, we need to befriend our emotions mm. and let them help us to become fluid in all that we are. Mm. Of course, I'm talking about conscious emotional release. Mm. Beautiful. Um, so we have the one struggle you see couples bump into, it's around sexuality. Mm -hmm. So what would be a tantric solution to that not happening? Or like what would be the way out of that? The way through that, I wouldn't say go out of it, mm. but the way through it, meaning you go into it, <laughs> but with awareness, is to apply meditation to the sex act. Mm. So in other words, you create for example, a series of meditations which the couples will practice in their intimacy. And the meditations function as a way of helping us release the stagnation that might be there and also opening up new possibilities, new potentials. Mm. Because there is a possibility for sex to merge with love and with spirit. And when that happens, then we find true fulfillment in the sexual act. Beautiful. And so how we explain this to people that like they know meditation from like sitting into stillness and they, they see this classical meditation position mm -hmm. and they hear now bringing meditation into sex. Like how, how does that look or how could that look? What, what can people expect mm -hmm. from that? To answer that question, I'll just say a little bit more about Tantra. Tantra is very much focused on the weaving together of opposite polarities. That could be masculine and feminine, birth and death, day and night, summer and winter. Any two opposites can be brought together and in that meeting you will find the ultimate truth. So Tantra is basically a merging of the masculine path of meditation and witnessing and the feminine path of love and devotion. As we weave these together, we have Tantra. So if you want to apply Tantra into your sex act, you will bring a quality of witnessing and meditation, and you will also bring a quality of love and devotion, and weave these together. And personally, I've developed like really uh, over 30 courses on Tantra and I've developed a seven-level soulmate training, which is four couples. That's approximately 500 hours of exploring Tantra in the couple in intimacy using different kinds of Tantra methods. And when we do that, we are literally opening up a whole rainbow, an enormous range of possibilities and experiences and potentials in the couple that otherwise we wouldn't never know were there mm. because we're addressing that phenomena of intimacy not only within the sex act but also from all different angles using emotions consciously, conscious communication skills mm. and bringing very refined states of meditation, ritual into the whole subject of love and relating. Mm. I love it. And so if there's one thing around sexuality 
that imagining that now all the couples of the world world are listening um this one one little fact where you're like if everyone would know this both men and women that would already change so much for couples when it comes to their sexuality what would that be it's good to remember that you as an individual are working on yourself hopefully <laughs> doing different <laughs> practices maybe it's yoga qigong maybe you're doing some form of meditation mm. or you're going into some kind of therapy so you're working on yourself and you are finding inner peace but the couple is a third entity you have two people both working on themselves you come together the relationship itself needs sadhana needs spiritual practice mm. so we are applying different methods of meditation to the couple phenomena mm. and this is where the magic happens all the magic happens by doing that i give a very basic example maybe in your couple you are having some anger issues so you don't know how to deal with that because they you fly off the handle get angry have a tantrum one storms off etc etc and we feel lost what do we do with this repressing it doesn't work so what we can do is a special meditation which is called the pillow beating meditation where you literally beat a pillow and you releasing the anger in a conscious way and then you come into silence and witnessing and you simply witness your body mind and emotions and then you bow to the pillow this is revolutionary this was developed by osho that you can do it individually and then i added another possibility to that to do it in the couple mm. and so you can have a breakthrough just using anger as a meditation is very yeah. powerful yeah. and like that anything that comes up in the couple you can bring awareness to and transform it yeah. one of the meanings of the word tantra is transforming poison into nectar beautiful yeah and i believe because we're currently in a soulmate training here and we had a beautiful share of one of the couples today which i could resonate so much with is he was sharing like yeah like i've done so much work on myself mm -hmm. but coming into this relationship i feel sometimes even ashamed of what parts of myself come up or mm -hmm. like how childish i become or um yeah and, and i believe like this is what you're sharing like these two individuals but if you come together in a relationship there's like this third entity that yes. also needs to meditate and learn and grow together yes and exactly. personally i've experienced in the soulmate training like with the tools and everything and that that support around it has been mm -hmm. like life transforming as a relationship but also then back as an individual mm -hmm. but it really helped to have that like yeah that third entity to give it also a practice to give it also a way to evolve and develop yes um, it needs somebody yeah. to hold its hand <laughs> and evolve because you might have noticed if one of the couple tries to evolve the other one mm. that doesn't work no. it gets into power <laughs> dynamics so it's better yeah. somebody else suggests okay try this meditation practice do yeah. it as a love experiment yeah and see what happens yeah I like it. Yeah. Okay, and then <laughs> we have this first challenge. What would you say is a a second challenge or topic that you see couples bump into all the time? Well, uh, obviously it's communication mm. because each one is communicating from their own world view mm. and trying to somehow shape the relationship according to their own world view. <laughs> 
and as people are growing up, they have they carry certain wounds, they have patterns that they've grown up with, and then that can create projections. So they start projecting their own childhood issues and wounds onto the other partner, and then it gets into all kind of entanglements about communication. We need really to address that. Mm. <coughs> so I also like to bring into the soulmate training conscious communication skills, and that is done also through different kinds of methods. Yeah. And it's so deeply fulfilling to finally be able to communicate, to be heard, mm. and to listen and hear the other one. Yes. I remember I was working with a couple who wanted to divorce, and so I was using a conscious communication tool with them. And it was a tool where you really listen to the other one. And you must <coughs> repeat what they have said and make sure that you understood every single thing that they said. And this particular couple, they had been together for quite a few years. And they were in this kind of pattern where they both could not hear the other one saying, I love you. They, the, the, the other one said, I love you, and as well as saying other things, but they both couldn't hear that I love you. That, was, that had been erased from their awareness. Wow. So like that, we get into blind spots, mm -hmm. we get into habits, we, we start relating also maybe how we heard our parents relating, so it's on automatic pilot, <laughs> dumping shit on each other or whatever. And so we need to stop, slow down, go into conscious communication mm. and listen, hear, be heard. Then magic happens. Mm. We, can, we can then move forward in a new way. Yeah. You know, relationships periodically, they go through meltdown and renewal, like mm. a phoenix goes into the fire and it comes out mm. renewed. So the relationship has that happen and we need to have different kind of tools where we can consciously melt down and open our wings to the new dawn that wants to happen in that relationship. Beautiful. I like it. And so I was working the other day with a, a client and she was having struggles in a relationship and one, and I, I resonate with this struggle a lot as well. This idea, she got really confused on, okay, he is needing something, he's needing space, she wants to be close, but, um, at the same time, she's getting confused on like when, when arguments come up around that, what is her part, what is his part, and so a lot of different confusions and questions coming up. And mm -hmm. what would you say in this situation, what could be a solution to that? In the situation of men wanting space and women wanting to come closer, this, is, this all comes back to biology. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really, really valuable to understand the differences between men and women, <coughs> which are hardwired into the biology, and to have understanding, intelligence, mm. compassion mm. about the differences. Because women will want to come closer, men will want to take space, and we need to be able to provide what each one needs within the container of the relationship. And personally, I think it's really valuable if uh, male and female living together can each have their own rooms. Because from time to time, you just need space. Yeah. And that there should be the possibility for that to happen. Mm -hmm. One shouldn't feel like they have to escape from the house mm -hmm. in order to have space. Yeah. Each should have their own sacred space that they can go to 
recharge, mm. renew, maybe sometimes sleeping separately. So then if you were sleeping together, you know it's because you really want to sleep together. Mm. And you, you can in that way also build up the polarity charge. Because if you think of magnets, if you have mm. a positive pole of the magnet and receptive pole, when they come together, it's a very strong attraction. If you have two positive poles, they can't meet. If you have two receptive poles, they also meet, but there's no energy there. So we need to build up that magnetic polarity. Mm -hmm. And that happens by having space, actually. Mm -hmm. But of course, if there's only space, 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 and there's not the coming together, that will not be satisfying either. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be quality time together, yeah. which is going to nurture the feminine very profoundly. It also nurtures the masculine, by the way, but he may not be so aware that he needs mm. that as the woman is. Mm. And then the space, the space aspect, this is nurturing the masculine. It also nurtures the feminine, even though maybe she wasn't aware that she needed that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Big way. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and so you mentioned briefly this topic of projections. Can you give a short explanation of what that is about? Projection happens because when we are growing up, some things happen here or there which are wounding. And we don't like that feeling of pain, so we put a protection around mm -hmm. it, like a protective layer. And if we get too many of those woundings inside of us with protective layers, finally we decide, okay, it's going to be easier just to create a whole armor around myself. So I'm protected from the outside from the world. Then we grow up with that armoring around us, which by the way is what we could refer to as the ego. The ego is a false persona built around mm -hmm. inner wounding, if we want to put it very simply and bluntly. So then we grow up and we start having attraction to the opposite gender or whatever gender we like. And as that's happening, we want to come closer, we want to have intimacy, mm -hmm. however, that armor is there, so the relationship is asking us, please dissolve the armor so we can come closer. But we're afraid to do that because we're protecting those wounds. We don't want to feel that pain. And then what happens, we start projecting that inner wounding onto the other one mm. so that we don't have to feel it ourselves. So we project it outwards onto the partner. And this becomes a big mess because if both are doing projections, which is usually the case, then they just f uh, basically fighting with each other's armor mm. and it will get nowhere. There will be no healing within that. What we need to do is to turn around, own the projections that are there, melt that original wounding, find the healing that we need for that. And then we can come together in our true nudity mm. without the armor. So it just so happens in the soulmate level one, I teach a method which is called the projection exercise. It is a gestalt method, mm -hmm. and I've added a healing component to that, which makes it even more rich and amazing. <laughs> and I think that this should be taught in every school, because if you look around in the world, most people are projecting a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so if everybody can learn this technique and use it, we will have a much more harmonious world, whether yeah. that's in relationship, in families, in communities. Yeah, yeah it's a powerful exercise. And to me, the, um, the one thing 
like that really helped it click was starting to see and admit to myself that the reality that I'm having around myself is something that I created. Mm. Uh, and sometimes that's amazing because when your reality is beautiful, you're like, this is what I created. Look at like how amazing <laughs> yeah. that is, how amazing I am. Uh, but when the reality is a little bit shitty or arguments or struggles coming mm -hmm. up with your partner to understand that you're creating this yourself for a reason that you want to heal or transform this part of yourself. Mm -hmm. But that is like a, a switch. Yeah. And it's also an ego crushing feeling of like yes. pointing that arrow back to yourself. It's like, oh, OK, yes. I have to go inside to see where this comes from yeah. and why I'm doing this. I yeah. need to heal my own reality if it's not serving me yeah so I need to go in and do the work to heal it yeah and that can be daunting <laughs> it takes courage and it takes maturity mm -hmm. but I think what helps is having a method which is really solid yeah. and you can rely on the method and you just step into it and you do the work and so this needs to be made more widely available yeah. I believe yeah and then it becomes really easy because projection exercise what about 15 minutes 15 minutes yeah and boom <laughs> you popped it boom <laughs> I love how you always say that like just drop it just boom like that's it <laughs> it gets really it gets like that over time but I remember in the yeah. beginning being like how can I drop this this is like impossible to drop I don't want like yeah yeah because um. we're so used to you know we we carry on relationship after relationship hmm. doing that whole projection story yeah and we're so used to it and mm. even though it's very uncomfortable we don't enjoy and you can even hear the words coming out of your mouth my god that's how my parents used to do it. that's so embarrassing but here I am doing it because we got programmed growing up by yeah. the environment we were in yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it okay and so then the last one we had sexuality we had communication what would be and emotions and we emotions had. so basically the third struggle or challenge couples face always around emotions yes um and what is the solution to that we already talked a little bit about conscious emotional release yes um is there any other way to start embracing your emotions more or just as i said before to see it like weather that mm. keeps a dynamic balance in your inner world and to use conscious emotional release techniques, either alone or in the partnership, yeah. this is really important. Yeah. Then there's another element that I think is really good to bring in, and that's around love. Mm. And the subject of worthiness or unworthiness. Mm. Because what happens when we're children is that we need love. We are dependent on the caregivers to give us love. Love is an important part of survival for the human being. We cannot survive if we're not receiving love. Mm. And so what happens is maybe in our milieu we're growing up in, the adults are not capable of giving enough love. Mm. The psychology of the inner child is, if I'm not receiving the love, it means something is wrong with me. So the child thinks I'm to blame mm. for whatever is going on on the outside. If somebody divorces, they think, oh, it was my fault. If somebody dies, that was my fault. Mm -hmm. This is the childish psychology between zero to seven. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not receiving enough love, we think, I'm not worthy of love. That's why. So we grow up with this unworthiness mm -hmm. aspect within us. And then we get into relationship or we meet somebody that we're attracted to. And because we feel unworthy, 
we have got into a pattern of not being able to receive love. Mm -hmm. We literally push love away to protect that unworthiness wound. And so it's a very delicate thing to finally open up and realize I deserve love. I am worthy of love. And to open our hearts to mm -hmm. another, to be vulnerable. There's a tendency in our world today that we want to always be powerful, like the superhero idea. And we're even afraid of being vulnerable. But in relationship, both partners need to be powerful, yes, and vulnerable. Mm. And in that vulnerability, we can meet on deeper and deeper levels. So realizing that I am worthy of love, I deserve love, I can receive love, and open to the love which is not only dependent on the other person, the love which is omnipresent in the universe. We need to open ourselves to that and receive that. Mm -hmm. And the more both partners can receive love, the more we will overflow with love. Mm -hmm. And that's where the magic happens. Beautiful. I love it. So then one other question comes to mind. You basically went through the top three struggles and challenges and a potential tantric solution to it. So is Tantra for every couple? Because I hear people coming up with all kinds of reasons of like, I'm not sure we're still beginners, we've never done that, is this for mm -hmm. us? Or either being like, we've had lots of Tantra experience, not sure if soulmate training or doing it as a couple is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Or people having like this comes up a lot in the Netherlands personally, is around like Tantra being too spiritual or it being too woohoo. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. then it's like, not sure if it's for us. Mm -hmm. What, how, yeah, how do, can someone know or a couple know if Tantra is the way to go for them? Well, as long as the couple is ready to show up and do the work, meaning to literally do love appointments yeah. and commit to doing that, they will certainly be able to evolve. It doesn't matter where you are in your path as a mm -hmm. couple. Because I've had couples in every kind of situation come into soulmate <laughs> training. I think you could imagine somebody that's been together for 30 years. They feel like the spark has gone out of mm -hmm. their relationship. They're on the verge of divorce. They come to Tantra to save the relationship. Mm -hmm. Somebody else, they both are interested in Tantra, but they're not even lovers yet but they're very dedicated to the spiritual path and they're thinking, oh, we want to do soulmate training because we want to try out how is it to evolve on the spiritual path as a couple mm -hmm. and they come together <laughs> expressly to do the training. Mm -hmm. This is also a valid reason to come in. Or somebody, they are on their honeymoon, they just got married and they want to give themselves the best possible gift mm -hmm. to embark on their married life together. They do soulmate training and so it's every kind of variation. Maybe somebody has sexual dysfunction. Mm. They're not able to have satisfying sex together even though they love each other. So they want to heal that. They come to soulmate training. Mm. It's literally a path that is there, available and ready to deliver its gifts to every kind of couple dynamic yeah. that there is. Of course, if you want to come and do soulmate training or you want to do Tantra as a couple, it is a basic prerequisite that you have chemistry together mm. because Tantra as a couple does include sexual union. Mm. And if you're not able to have sex with each other, then that wouldn't work. Then mm. you would do singles Tantra. 
because in, in Tantra Essence, there's also a lot of singles groups as well. You can evolve on the Tantra path as a single and as a couple. Yeah. Beautiful. Hmm. There was one question that I still wanted to ask. Oh, yeah. I just popped up because you said um, around like, yeah, working together with someone that you feel comfortable being sexual or that intimate with is very mm -hmm. important. Um, but do we, because this misconception in Tantra is sometimes that it's like all about orgies or polyamory mm -hmm. or even mm -hmm. people have been to a retreat or training that was Tantra and there were like exchanging of partners or things mm -hmm. more confusing. So what is your approach on that or your vision on it and um, what is that like in the soulmate training? First of all, I would just like to say that if Tantra, if, if something is calling itself Tantra, but it does not have a foundation of meditation, it's not Tantra. Mm. Maybe it's sexual healing, maybe it's conscious sexuality, maybe it's unconscious sexuality, <laughs> whatever. But Tantra is based in methods of meditation, so that needs to be there to call itself Tantra. Mm. That's the first thing. Then the other thing is that as we are diving into Tantra practice, we are deepening into ourselves, and if we're in the couple, we're helping that couple to flower in the best possible way. In the soulmate training, what I tell couples is that you need to deepen into intimacy. We will not be doing any exchanging of partners. We want to deepen this incredible flower that you are experiencing in your love and help it to reach to its ultimate potential. Now, some people might say, yes, but we're in an open relationship and we still want to travel mm -hmm. the Tantra path. Yes, that's possible. In that case, I would say, commit to doing a series of Tantric love appointments together. It could be maybe seven love appointments, 14, 21, whatever the number is, and you go fully into that in monogamy. And then once you finish your series, you go into a phase of hedonism mm -hmm. where you are simply loose and natural, you're living your life normally, and if at that point you want to have other partners, that would be the time for that. Mm -hmm. But during a series of love appointments, you wouldn't do that because yeah. that's mixing up too many different energies. It wouldn't yeah. work. Mm, beautiful. And so why, why come that Tantra is confused often with orgies or polyamory, or why is that the standard? You know, the, if, if we want to know the reason for that, we have to go a little bit back in history. Mm. England, or you could say the British, had invaded India, and they were ruling over India for about 200 years. During part of that time, it was the Victorian age, mm. and Victorian people used to be extremely uptight about sex. They used to even cover tables that you shouldn't see the legs of the table because that reminds you of sex because legs lead to somewhere. To the thing. <laughs> to the thing, you know, whatever. So the, in that milieu of uptightness around sex, some scholars were British scholars, they were translating Tantra scriptures. And they found out that in some different rituals or some meditation practices, sexuality would also be included. And they freaked out and they dubbed it the cult of sex. And that label stuck until today. Wow. So some people, they just got that Victorian message coming down the generations <laughs> saying, yes, it's all about sex. And then if you keep on repeating something often enough, it, it takes that label. 
So even today, people think Tantra is all about sex. Mm. And it's ridiculous. If you look at the Vigyan Bhairav Tantra, that's 112 meditation methods. It's a Tantra scripture with 112 methods. Only about six of those could be said to have something to do with sex. Mm. The other ones are about every aspect of human life. Mm. So it is literally embracing all of the human life experience. Mm. But because of our centuries of repression due to some you know, forms of religion that repress sexuality, yeah. like Christianity, people were so sex-starved, they just jump on it like hyenas and tear it <laughs> apart and say, yes, that's a, a, a spiritual path that's all about sex. And, and then they make it into something about orgies and mm. this and that. But that's an erroneous label, I could say it like yeah. that. Beautiful. Okay, last question. Could you share this beautiful quote about soulmates and I think which inspired you to create the soulmate series in this couple's work? It's a very, very beautiful quote from Osho and maybe we can put it on the screen. Yeah. In this quote, Osho is letting us know that you know, you, soulmates don't just grow on trees. You mm -hmm. can't just walk down the street and think you're going to meet your soulmate. He said meeting the soulmate like that would be like trying to read a book with a lightning flash. It's not going to happen. But you can create the soulmate. And the way we create the soulmate is by journeying through the seven chakras, opening up the potential and the inner ecstasy of each chakra. Each chakra has a certain life lesson mm. attributed to it. And it also has an orgasmic quality connected to it. So as we open up that life lesson contained in that chakra and we open up the orgasmic potential of it, we will be able to open our fuller potential from sex to superconsciousness. And if we meet another person who's also working on their chakra system and the chakra systems come together in their full orgasmic awakening, this is the phenomena of the soulmate. So one of the purposes of the soulmate training is to offer this experience to couples. And it does take time. This training lasts approximately three and a half years. We do two levels a year. So for example, you do the level one, you practice the love appointments after the level is complete, yeah. you finish them, you have a time of hedonism, then you have the next level. And by having a time of hedonism, I don't mean you must go with other partners. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. You might be fully monogamous, that's no problem. But you have a time where you're not doing the practice. And then you go to the level two, you get a new series of practices yeah. to do. You complete those practices, have space, and then comes the level three. So in that way, having about two levels a year, over three and a half years, you go through all of the seven levels. And each level is approximately seven days with the last level being 12 days. Wow. I'm looking forward to the rest of the journey. <laughs> Beautiful. Is there any last words, anything else that you'd like to still share? And otherwise, we're going to wrap it up. I think the longing of every human being is to come to our ultimate flowering, whether that is through love, through meditation. And in Tantra, we bring these together, love and meditation, for attaining the ultimate flowering. Now, if we haven't taken that step in our life, we're missing something extremely valuable. And it's very rare to find 
the, this possibility in the world. Mm -hmm. So I would hope that any couple who's watching this will wake up to the fact that this is a rare opportunity and mm -hmm. take that step. Give yourself the gift of ultimate love, the ultimate love experience, the soulmate process. Beautiful. <gasps> I can feel it. Okay, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. If you felt inspired and if you're curious, uh, I will link all the information to Sarita's website, social media, and specifically to the soulmate training in the podcast description. So have a look there and always feel free to reach out with any questions. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for making it to the end of this episode. If you're curious about the soulmate training and want to know more, there is two things that I suggest doing. First of all, I created two other episodes in which I dive into the soulmate training, one from my own personal experience, that is episode number 17. It dives into what really happens at a Tantra training for couples and specifically what the soulmate training is all about. And besides that, episode number 35, I have a conversation with Denise, a client of mine who joined the soulmate training with her partner. And so in that episode, you get a perspective from her side on what this training is all about. And otherwise, if you want to figure out all the practical info about this training and when the next Soulmate Level 1 trainings are happening, please reach out to dika at soulmatetraining.com. You can find all the information in the podcast description as I am the organizer of this training, super passionate about this work. And so more than happy to answer any of your questions and support you in getting started on this beautiful path with your partner. Thank you for listening and hopefully see you in the next one.